on my next guest. We've got Chargers team reporter as well as a part of CBS LA, CBS Sports. Was right. Yeah. Chris Harry, kind of butchered that a little bit. Chris, is everything going for you? Everything's great, Zach. Appreciate you having me on, bud. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're kind of getting to the mix of the offseason. Uh, draft is, what, two, three weeks away? Kind of free agency is kind of on the back burner. What, what do you think of the Chargers' uh, moves they made or maybe the, some of the guys they lost you think they might regret? You know, it's been a, a very busy offseason starting with just the, the head coach hiring a Brandon Staley coming over from the Rams, just switching locker rooms, essentially, at SoFi Stadium. But, yeah, you, you have a, a brand-new coaching staff, and just looking at what they did at the beginning of free agency, it was clear that number one priority is to protect Justin Herbert. So you bring in Corey Lindsley, an all-pro center, seven years with the Packers, uh, pairing him with Herbert for the next several years, obviously has a relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Um, Matt Filer from the Steelers. Um, guys that have come from winning organizations. And then Ode Abushi from the Lions, a guy who had a, had a good year last year. So uh, you're starting to see this offensive line kind of uh, reshape in 2021 as they look to protect Herbert. And obviously uh, not much on the defensive side, except for really just, just reading up with uh, – with Mike Davis and Kyler Fackrell comes over from the Packers, 10 and a half sacks in, in 2018. So you're starting to see some of these pieces take shape as Brandon Staley tries to kind of retool the roster a little bit in his, uh, in his liking. Do you, do you think they're done improving the offensive line? I actually, actually interviewed Sean Merriman. I'm posting that one tomorrow. And I said, who do you want My to guy. see them addressed with the, with their first pick? And he said, you got to protect Justin Herbert. Do you think they're done? Or do you think there might be left tackle might be a possibility with the first over first round pick? I think it's certainly a possibility uh, when you look at this draft class and I've talked to a bunch of draft analysts over the last several weeks, it's, it's a pretty deep class. I mean, you, you look at 13, obviously in a year like this, it's great for the chargers when you see three, four, five quarterbacks go off the board before 13, because you get a ton of talent pushed up to you. So, you know, it, it would be hard to envision a guy like Penny Sewell, like landing at 13, Rashawn Slater, Northwestern, um, Elijah Vera Tucker, a guy who, who played uh, guard and left tackle USC right here in, uh, in our backyard. Um, Christian Darisol in your backyard, Virginia, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of intriguing options. And then you talk about the quarterback position. Uh, when you lose a guy like Casey Hayward and you saw what Brandon Staley was able to do with a guy like Jalen Ramsey, there's just a lot of intriguing talent at 13. Uh, maybe a Caleb Farley who could drop because of an injury. Yeah. J.C. Horn from South Carolina. Uh, Patrick Sertan from Alabama. So I I'm excited to see what the Chargers do because th there's going to be a really good player at 13. I just don't know what position it's going to be yet. What about the loss of uh, Hunter Henry? Obviously, he signed with the Patriots because they had to sign everybody. Um yeah. Kyle Pitts is a very intriguing name. I don't know if he's going to be there at 13. You think they'd trade, trade up, try to grab yeah. him and then give pair him with Herbert. That'd be scary. But by all indications, it sounds like Kyle Pitts is going to go pretty early. Kyle Pitts may be the best offensive weapon in the draft. So listen, there is a, there's a long-term need for tight end. The Chargers bring in Jared Cook, who believe it or not, over the last three years, 22 touchdowns. I think only Travis Kelsey has more yeah. among tight ends the last three seasons. So had some successful years with the Raiders and obviously Drew Brees and the Saints. Um, so I, I think they're in good shape at the tight end position this year. But 
listen, a, a guy like Kyle Pitts, man, I, some team is going to be really lucky, whether that's maybe the Falcons at four, the Bengals at five. Uh, of course, we're, we're taping this early in the week. Who knows yeah. what, what could happen with trades? No and, yeah, no it's, it's so fluid. But um, yeah, listen, Kyle Pitts would look good in powder blue. Um, and then I just, I just had a, thinking about it, just drawing a blank. Uh, oh, Jared Cook. Have you gotten a, sp- a chance to speak to Jared Cook yet? Talk to him at all. I did. I did. We did a little piece for CBS LA. Uh, I, I'm really excited about him because uh, a couple of things. He, he's been around the block. So uh, I think of the 19 tight ends that were drafted in 2009, he's the last one standing. Um, uh, another thing, uh, Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, spent a lot of time with him in New Orleans. So this is a guy who knows the offense. Uh, Frank Smith, who uh, was with the Raiders, also knows Jared Cook. Frank is now on the Chargers offensive staff. So I think the familiarity with the offense and what his responsibilities would be in this offense, that and also being paired with Justin Herbert. And we, I think it was week five, Monday Night Football, Chargers went down to the Superdome. Jared Cook had a touchdown in the fourth quarter. And he saw firsthand the four touchdowns that, that Justin Herbert threw. And he told me that before that game, he thought uh, that the Saints defense rather thought that, you know, they may have had it a little easy with a rookie quarterback coming into the Superdome. And they were, uh, they were sadly mistaken. And they almost lost that game. I mean, uh, Justin Herbert drove them all the way down, missed a field goal um, that would have uh, put that game into overtime. So uh, Cook has a little bit of familiarity with the coaching staff and obviously uh, wanted to play with uh, number 10 in, uh, in L.A. Have you gotten a chance to ask uh, Jared Cook about the incident at that Buffalo Wild Wings a couple years ago? No, I have not. I don't know. You, I don't you, think you, I know. You, know, you know what I'm talking about? You have no idea what I'm talking about? I don't right, think gotta, so. I'm going to post this when I, I'm going to link this when I post it. He went to Buffalo Wild. I don't remember what team he was on. I'll never forget this. He got a, There was a chicken head in his order. And he posted on social media. I want to know. I guarantee he's never been back. Wow. There was a, yeah, yeah. So the, it was, anytime I see Jared Cook, I'm like, oh, Buffalo chicken Wild Wings. Chicken a head. head. A head, like a fried head, was in the water. And it was like, it was kind of like big. What in the world were you thinking when you saw that thing? Um, what in the heck is in this box right now? It's the first thing I thought, and then I picked it up and immediately dropped it once I figured out what it was. Were you eating in or carrying out? I was carrying out. So I had drove there, took it all the way home, got home, started eating the first wing as I was putting the bone back in the box saw the chicken head and immediately spit my food out. Did you eat the rest? No. Everything <laughs> went back. I mean, the rest of the wings, not the head. Yeah, everything went back. So you did, you went back to the place? Heck yeah. What'd they say? They were just like, uh, we're sorry. Typically this does happen, but that just means your food was fresh. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't make it any better. Does it give, give you a refund? Yeah, of course. Good. Of course, of course. That doesn't make really any sense at all. Uh, it absolutely not, does it? <laughs> Has that ever happened to you before? No. I've never had anything that could taste me back in my food, ever. Will you ever go back to a Buffalo Wild Wings? No, probably not. But that's yeah, a, no. That's a training camp question yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Say, hey, like, would you say, would you mind? Say, hey, we might have a potential team sponsorship with Buffalo Wild Wings. Would you like to be our poster brand? He'll say, no. Um, yeah, choose, choose someone else. Um, so then I want to, so then on the defense side of the ball, I, Correct me if I'm wrong, did not bring back Melvin Ingram. Well, Melvin Ingram is, is currently an unrestricted free agent. There's actually okay. a decent amount of guys as we tape this that are still out there from yeah. Rich Sherman to Casey Hayward. I think KJ yeah. Russell today, Melvin yeah. Ingram. So um, I, I think with the way 
the salary cap was set up this year. Um, you know, I think some teams are kind of sitting back and seeing kind of what their roster looks like as they prepare for the draft. Um, and I'm sure Melvin will be on a team, which team yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll see, but you know, Melvin was, Melvin was a, a nice compliment to Joey Bosa for a lot of years here. Uh, the chargers have Uchenna Nuosu from USC uh, entering his, uh, gosh, I want to say, is this his 2018, 1920? This is his fourth year. It's crazy. So, so Nuosu, they brought in Fakra, who I mentioned 10 and a half sacks for the Packers a couple of years ago. And, you know, I look at what Brandon Staley has been able to do with, uh, you know, his previous stops, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Khalil Mack, uh, obviously Leonard Floyd, the, the year that he had for the Rams last year after leaving Chicago. So Staley has a track record of success with both corners and some of these edge rushers. So uh, I am really intrigued to see what Chenna Nuosu is going to look like in this Brandon Staley defense. I think coach Staley said he, he was, uh, did some work on him coming out of USC. So, uh, he, he's a guy who can really get after the quarterback. I think if you give him enough reps, um, he could get it, get you double digit sacks. Drawing a blank. Who's the safety they got from Florida state a couple years ago, the first rounder. Who's Derwin that? James. Yeah. Derwin James. What, what, what do you, is, is he healthy? Is he ready to go? Is this his contract here? By, by all indications, he's ready. Now, this is a guy, Zach, 2018, first team all pro as a rookie. I wanted Washington to get him when they didn't get him. I was, I was screaming. I was like, they, yeah. they, need, they let him, they let him go. And then the Chargers. Well, like, took. When I, when I worked, I worked for the, the Washington football team from 04 to 06. And Sean Taylor's still the best player I've ever seen live, a defensive player. I mean, I, I don't think I've, I'll ever see a safety like Sean Taylor. Um, Derwin in, Derwin, he doesn't want to be compared to Sean Taylor, but he's the closest thing in terms of like, He's a player that you watch and you want to watch him every single play just to see what he does next. Like he's one of those kind of guys. And that's what I did when I, when Sean Taylor was on the field, I, I just watched 21. I just wanted to see what he was going to do next. Derwin is the type of player that can change a game. 2018, they go 12 and four. Um, and then he's had some unfortunate injuries yeah. the last couple of years. So uh, a healthy Derwin James, um, what we haven't seen in Los Angeles is a healthy Joey Bosa and a healthy Derwin James on the field together. Because when, when Bosa was hurt for a majority of 2018, that's when Dur Derwin was thriving as a rookie. Joey came back at the end of that year, but he was still dealing with that, yeah. that foot injury and just wasn't, he wasn't Joey Bosa yet. Yeah. The next year, Joey has a big year. Derwin gets hurt in training camp. So, you know, Derwin comes back later in the year, but Derwin's not Derwin James yet. And then last year we didn't see Derwin on the field at all. So, I, I want to see this defense with uh, a guy like Kenneth Murray, who they drafted last year out of Oklahoma, yeah, yeah. all three levels of your defense. Like you got to play a playmaker, right? You got Derwin, you got Kenneth Murray, you got Joey. And then you're hoping that some of these other guys can pop a guy like Drew Tranquil at a Notre Dame who was hurt last year. They're, the Chargers were really high on him, what he was able to do on special teams, but uh, having a, a game changer like Joey Bosa and Derwin James, I, I think that that's what's exciting about this year with Chargers fans is they, they see what Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey were able to do with the Rams last year and what Staley was able to get out of those guys. Hoping for similar results, I'll be in different positions with, with Derwin and, and Joey. Outside of Kansas City, who, who intrigues you the most uh, in the division? Well, obviously Kansas City is going to be the team to beat in, until you can uh, – yeah. You can top them in the West. Um, I, I think the Raiders in the Broncos, the, the Broncos are interesting because they have, they seem to have a, a lot of weapons on offense uh, when healthy. Um, they've improved their defense this off season. 
the quarterback, I think, remains a question mark there. Is Drew Locke going to be the starter this year? Are they going to do something in the draft? Um, so, so that's kind of a, a wait and see. And then with the Raiders, you know, we'll see what happens with, with those guys. I mean, a, a new defensive coordinator in Gus Bradley, who the Chargers know very well, a couple other coaches from the Chargers who are over there. Um, I, I think the Chargers are in a really good spot because um, one of the things that kind of hurt them over the last couple of years were they, they weren't able to win division games. They closed the 2020 year with three straight divisional wins. And I'll be a Patrick Mahomes didn't play in week 17, but they beat the Raiders on a Thursday night, I believe, uh, late, a late bomb from Herbert to, to Jalen Guyton helped them win that game. Uh, they beat the Broncos, uh, I believe, in week 16. And then, you know, they, they took care of the Chiefs. They played who was on the schedule. Mahomes wasn't in the game, but they, they won their last three games. So I think that it gave Justin Herbert a little bit of confidence saying that, hey, not only can I win in the NFL, I can win in the division against these teams that we have to beat to be successful and have success in the AFC. So uh, I, I'm excited, and I bet we'll see a primetime game between Mahomes and Herbert. I don't know if it'll be at SoFi Stadium or at Arrowhead, but I'm, I'm pretty confident. I'm sure the schedule makers will make that happen. Are you expecting a breakout year for Mike Williams? I feel like we've been waiting a couple of years. I know he's had some injuries, but I feel like maybe he's just he's right on the cusp. Yeah, Mike is – he's a great he, – he's – one of the best 50 50 ball guys. Yeah. You're gonna say. They call him 80, if not the best. They call him 80 20 here in LA because yeah. he comes down with more, more, uh, more than not. The, the thing about what Justin was able to do last year, Zach, was he had obviously Keenan Allen, uh, who had one of his best seasons, but he spread the ball around a lot. Um, Mike, Mike had some really clutch catches, but keep in mind, um, it was Mike, it was Keenan. It was Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson, two undrafted guys who uh, Justin built some chemistry with in training camp. Donald Parham, this uh, six. Parham, that's a throwback from the season. Donald yeah, Parham. A, I think he, I think he was in Washington for a cup of coffee. I, they I let him go, and they let him go. Yeah, but but that's a guy like he, he, Justin found and elevated the play of everybody on that team. So he was he was great. Austin Eckler out of the backfield, he was great at just really distributing the ball. But I think Brandon, I had uh, an interview with Coach Staley a couple of weeks ago, and, and he mentioned how, how excited he is to coach Mike Williams and, and try to get the most out of him, maximize his potential. So uh, a healthy Keenan and Mike, uh, Justin's in good shape, um, but I, I'm with you. I, I think Mike a couple of years ago, I think had 13 total touchdowns in 2018. Yeah. Um, and then he, I want to say the year after, his touchdown production went down, but he caught more balls and, and had more yardage. I yeah. think he went over a thousand yards. Yeah. So if, if he can put that together in 2021, um, especially with the weapons around him, you lose Hunter Henry, which is a blow, but you bring in Jared Cook. Um, I, I think there may be more opportunities for Mike down the field this year. And then with um, Austin Eckler, is he finally healthy? You think he's ready to go for training camp? When oh yeah, Austin, Austin's ready to go. I just I I did a piece on Austin last week. He has a, a foundation, Austin Eckler yeah. Foundation. So he's, he actually just helped to, to build a state-of-the-art fitness center at Santa Barbara High School. Uh, they were kind of in, the, in need for a gym. So he, he kind of kicked off his foundation with that project. Austin's a great guy. His story is incredible. I mean, 2017, undrafted free agent. Nobody knew who Austin Eckler was. Western State. And uh, for him to just turn into the player that he's become, one of the most explosive 
weapons. I mean, he's not, I've, I've never called Austin Eckler a running back. He's just like an offensive weapon. You can line him up outside. He catches everything. Um, and, and he doesn't have to leave the field. You really don't have to, I mean, he, you line him up wide, put Josh Kelly, or Justin Jackson in the backfield. So, um, Austin is a weapon. He got hurt last year. And, and I think that's something that maybe Justin missed a little bit. I mean, the stats don't necessarily show it, but they had that kind of that security blanket out of the backfield in Austin. Um, I, I, what I'm interested is, is seeing who kind of steps up is his compliment in the backfield. Is it going to be Josh Kelly out of UCLA um, or Justin Jackson from Northwestern, who's, who's been in that running backs room for a few years now too. So um, definitely some options there, but, but Austin is the type of guy, you know, you know, Christian McCaffrey is obviously the, the gold standard. He, I think he only played in a few games last year for the Panthers. Four so times. how much, how much they missed him. Um, I, I think the Chargers missed Austin. Um, although they put up some points in, in games, he wasn't there. They, they did miss him in terms of, you know, controlling the clock with a guy uh, with, with short passes, the guy who can move the chains. So uh, he's definitely going to be one of Justin's best friends, I think, in 2021. Speaking of Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler, my first two fantasy picks last year. That, it's, it's, that's a nice one. I, two yeah, hey, I hate, hate injuries. You hate injuries. Um, and then, so going towards the draft, so obviously tackles a possibility. Where would you, not, if they made a pick, where you, if they, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase it. What position group outside of offensive tackle, if, if they made that pick in the first round, would you be like, oh, I, I saw it. I, I kind of get that. You know what? It's, I obviously offensive line has been the big topic of conversation this off season. I, I think corner two, because of where they sit at 13, by all indications, there's like three dudes, Patrick Sertan, Caleb Farley, JC Horn, um, where you feel like you can't really go wrong yeah. in that area. Um, and when you lose a guy like Casey Hayward, uh, if, if you can replace that production with a guy like JC Horn or Patrick Sertan or Caleb Farley, um, I'm just trying to envision a secondary with Mike Davis on one side. We know he's going to be he's going to be here for the next few years, um, but pairing to another corner with Derwin and, and having having a secondary. One of the things Gus Bradley used to always say, and I think a lot of defensive coordinators say, it, is the rush and cover work together. Uh, if Joey can get after the quarterback, um, it, it gives the, the secondary a little bit more opportunity to maybe pick off some balls make some plays. Um, and, and I think turnovers are going to be the one thing that this defense is going to have to do. So listen, a, a guy like JC Horn, Caleb Farley, Patrick Sertan, if they're there, I think that's something you really got to think about. You mentioned the name Kyle Pitts. I'm not sure we see Kyle Pitts outside the top 10. Um, you know, and then other people have talked about other skill positions like, okay, do you, do you slow the chiefs or do you outscore the chiefs? Do you add Jalen Waddle to a Mike Williams and Keenan Allen receiving core? I don't know. But it, it may be a conversation depending on how the board falls. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things now where we talk about X player, Y player. We don't know who's going to be there. We don't know who's going to trade up. I mean, again, at the end of this week, we could have another big trade in the top 10. And, you know, it completely kind of changes the board. So that's what's so much fun about this this month, Zach. I love the draft is by far my favorite NFL event. I just I love the intrigue surrounding it. it all 32 teams have hope. You know what I mean? And and I think everybody can kind of come together and be like, hey, my team's got a shot in 2021. Yeah. No, it's, speaking of those guys you brought up, pretty sure um, in addition to uh, J.C. Horn and Pat Sertan, uh, Asante Samuel Jr., three of those four guys who three of those four defensive backs were projected to go in the first round, all had fathers to play in the NFL, can kind of show them a little bit, hey, this is how you kind of do things. So Yeah, NFL bloodlines, man. And then let's not forget the Greg Newsom, the corner from Northwestern. He's another guy who could potentially be a first rounder. Yeah. But you're right. Like, I mean, Joe Horn, we're talking Patrick Sertan. I mean, I mean, those are 
those are guys, Asante Samuel. Yeah. I mean, those are all really, you know, pl- players with NFL bloodlines who, who had really productive college careers. And then um, so, so based on your conversations with um, Coach Staley, what, what, what kind of jumped out to you from the get-go? Man, his, his first press conference went over 90 minutes. He was just so, he was so impressive. Um, I, I, I love his story because he really, he worked his way up. You know, he's only been in the NFL since 2017. Um, you know, we're talking about John Carroll University, James Madison University. John so, Carroll, uh, London Fletcher. Yeah, it's, it's Tom Telesco. It's Josh McDaniels. There's, there's a lot of NFL uh, personnel people that have, have come out of John Carroll. So uh, Coach Staley's just his, his kind of journey to the NFL, uh, working under Vic Fangio in, uh, in Chicago and then, and then going to Denver with, with Coach Fangio and then kind of getting that opportunity with Sean McVay. Sean McVay identified him as his defensive coordinator. So I, I see a lot of similarities between McVay and Staley in, in you know, they're young upstart guys who are extremely bright. And, um, you know, all you got to do is hear guys like Jalen Ramsey talk about Staley, how, you know, it, it was his, the best uh, coordinator he's had. Uh, Derwin and Jalen are, are good buddies. So, you know, I think Derwin has a pretty good idea what he's getting coach Staley, but I think just a guy who can communicate with, with players. Um, I, he's, he's got a lot of, I think, ideas that I think are exciting. And um, I just, I'm intrigued to see how he builds this team um, because, uh, you know, the, the pieces have been in place. Um, and I, I think for whatever reason, it, you know, injuries, it usually comes down to injuries in the NFL, right? Where like, if you have, if you can't sustain X number of injuries, you're probably not going to be able to get to the playoffs and beyond. So I think he's got a lot to work with on both sides of the football, starting with Justin Herbert. I mean, um, and the fact that what's also pretty cool about Staley, he was a quarterback in college. So he's, he's, a, he's, he's obviously a defensive mind, um, but it's not like he's specifically a defensive coach. And he pointed to guys like Bill Belichick and um, Harbaugh, guys who didn't necessarily have like the offensive minded background who have won championships, you know, Tony Dungy. Um, so I, I think that his intelligence on the defensive side of the ball is only going to help Justin, especially if he can pop into meetings and, and, you know, it, let's say they're game planning for the chiefs. He can give him a little bit of insight of what he sees from, from the chiefs personnel on defense. Um, so I, I like the staff that he's put together. And uh, I, I think it's, I, again, we don't know what's going to happen in the NFL, but I, I think he could be set up for success here. Chargers have nine picks too in, in the draft. So you can get some, get some more talent in there and uh, be ready to rock for, for July with what we hope is a, a full, full go training camp. Yeah. And then outside of the division, I know we don't have the exact schedule yet. We know who the opponents are going to be. Have you taken a look at it and see like, all right, this one kind of pops out to me, this kind of game, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be a challenge. Well, you, uh, listen, I'm a DC guy. So I'm, I'm the, the NFC East is, uh, is on the schedule for the AFC West this year. So I think, I think we'll be out in Washington and Philly. And I think the giants and Cowboys come to SoFi stadium. So I, I'm, I grew up on the NFC East for as bad as it was last year. It's still the NFC East. Uh, the Chargers also play the AFC North this year. So some, some good matchups with, yeah. with teams like the Steelers and the Browns and, and the Ravens. Um, we'll probably see uh, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert for the first time because Tyrod started week one last year. Uh, so they didn't get the face off. 
Um, and then obviously just the division, man. I mean, those, those two games against the chiefs are, are huge. Um, I'm just personally, I'm just looking forward to seeing a full SoFi stadium. Uh, we didn't really have the opportunity to, to feel the energy of the building last year. All these games kind of felt like almost like scrimmages uh, in a sense with no fans in the stands. So it's this beautiful building. Um, I encourage anybody who is on the East coast, if, if you can make it out to a game at SoFi stadium, make it happen. Um, I, I'm excited to go to Vegas, you know, uh, seeing a, a packed house in Vegas for a Chargers Raiders game. So um, there's a lot, there's a lot on the schedule this year, but the NFC East, man, I got to start with that. Tony, as soon as that, as soon as Washington Chargers wraps up, Washington Post number one headline: Did Washington should, should Washington have taken Justin Herbert over Chase Young? Um, listen, yeah. hindsight's always twenty twenty. I, I I don't think the, the Washington football team went wrong with Chase Young though. Not at all. Um, they, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I haven't looked in a while. I remember a couple of years ago when they were talking about kind of like the designs for SoFi. They have like a little, uh, it's not just the stadium. It's a little bit other stuff over there, right? I'm pretty sure they got like, they put some ho- put some hotels in. I think they have yeah, like a, some small other stuff, right? Yeah, the space is is bigger than Disneyland. It's wow. NFL Network is going to be over there. That's it. That's yeah, it. They're going to be opening up their offices. So it's going to be a completely nice, it's going to be an unbelievable setup for, especially for people like super super bowls there this year. Uh, I think just for football fans in general, um, you fly into LAX, um, you see the roof, the roof's all lit up. Uh, It's, it's a really cool deal for football fans. You'll be able to fly into LAX, stay local. I mean, the stadium's only about 10 minutes from the airport. Um, So whether you're, you're coming out for the super bowl or you just want to take in a game at SoFi um, I I tell you the, the best description i can give it the first time i walked in there zach it was in august for like a scrimmage and i felt like i stepped into a video game i felt like i stepped into madden like like that's how futuristic and just i've never seen anything like it and obviously i haven't been to Allegiant. um we didn't travel this past year but um i don't think there's a stadium that can just rival just the bigness and just the futuristicness of that's not even a word but it's it's just a it's a marvel uh and i highly Highly encourage people uh, who may not live in LA to fly in for a game. You said 10 minutes. Is that 10 minutes LA traffic or 10 minutes? There's no one on the road from the airport. That's a good question. Um, probably 10 minutes, nobody on the road. Right. 15, 20. It, it really is. It's very close though. Inglewood is just uh, just a few minutes away from LAX. 10 minutes, police escort, wide open road. Um, exactly. And then, and then I know you're a DC guy. Do you like any of the moves Washington's made? Who, who do you think they should uh, look at towards the draft? It's a good question. Were they 19? 19. Uh, they have a, I think they have a conditional extra third. Um, and then I, a lot of people are saying, should they go for a quarterback? I don't think you're, you're making the same mistake you did with RG3, especially when it looks like four of these guys are going to be off the board in the top. Like it's, it's hard. Yeah. Because especially if, if the top three are locked in, because San Francisco moved up for a reason. Apparently so, they're all in on Mac Jones, which I do what you want. Hey, smart. You know what? It's, you know, I, I would go back to 2012 when when Kyle was able to do what he did with RG3. And if if he feels like Mac Jones is the guy, it's like, all right. You know, sometimes uh, sometimes we, we hear stuff in the media and, and we take that as gospel. And, yeah. you know, th- these NFL executives have much different opinions than some of the folks in the media. But I listen, I think Washington's in a really good spot defensively. Um, they got the team. Um, if. I don't think they have to really push it on a quarterback this year. And, you know, I think that's the, the good move. If, if you don't have conviction in a young guy, 
this year, then why force it? You know, um, the division is probably still winnable with with uh, Fitzmagic under center. I would continue to stack pieces, though. Like I would continue to like Curtis Samuel. I thought was a great addition. Um, you, you got you got Terry. You got Scary Terry on the other side. But you know, let's let's say one of these wide receivers drops. Uh, you know, I I don't think Waddle would drop to nineteen, but like. You know, you see guys like, uh, was it Tony from Florida being mocked there? And, you know, maybe may an offensive weapon. Um, but I think they're in a good spot where you don't have to really force it, um, especially when you have a defense like that. Uh, I just think continuing to stack weapons, because if you can stack weapons and score points with that defense, you'd be in really good shape for the next few years. And then you find your quarterback on that rookie contract, and that's yeah, when you yeah. can really start to make things happen. Are there any guys coming up that are going to be drafted in the next couple of weeks that you've been kind of keeping your eye on? Maybe guys that are not like the biggest names that you're like, all right, this guy, I'm going to keep track of where he's going. You know, the, the, like some of the positions of need with the Chargers, I've spent a little bit more time on just having, having analysts come on and talk about offensive line and, and cornerback. Um, you, you kind of mentioned the NFL bloodlines. I, I am really excited to see some of these guys come into the league and then you, you hear like you know Tom Brady played with Asante Samuel and yeah. you know like Joe Horn was in the league when <laughs> when Brady was in it so to see guys like JC Horn and uh and uh, Asante Samuel Jr and Patrick Sertan the second those guys come in the league and, and make an impact it feels I feel I feel dated you know I, I feel old <laughs> when I when I hear about some of those guys but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think some of the some of the local guys. Um, I did a piece on uh, Demetric Felton uh, from oh, UCLA, who's who was uh, uh, the star running back there for the Bruins last year, and he had a really good Senior Bowl. Um, he's a great kid too. Um, so his stock is rising a little bit. Um, I think he may move to the wide receiver position in the NFL. So you know, that's a local kid that I have my eye on. That like. Honestly, he, he's been compared to Antonio Gibson in that he's potentially changing positions. It, it's got it's almost like roles reversed because um, Gibson was a what, wide receiver turned running back. Felton's good, trying to do the, the opposite, but um, great kid can catch the ball. Um, one of those kind of the, one of those OWs, those offensive weapons who you, you don't really have a position for. So I'm excited to see some of these these local guys here in LA and see where they go. Speaking of UCLA, what was Saturday night like for you? Man, it was fun. I, I, uh, I covered the USC UCLA game about a month ago for CBS. And it was the game where the, the Bruins lost on that three pointer in the corner. Uh, the Trojans won. They, it was teams going in just two totally different directions. USC had all the momentum going into the tournament. UCLA was struggling. UCLA struggled in the PAC 12 tournament um, to see what they were able to do from that first four all the way to the final four, man. I, I haven't seen anything that impressive in, in quite some time just because nobody expected it, you know, and to do it the hard way, to, to go in, to almost lose to Michigan State, frankly, in that first four game, yeah. taking Zaga to the brink. And, you know, Baylor may have easily won that game on Monday night anyway, but you can't tell me that going to overtime with UCLA – did Gonzaga any favors yeah. playing the Baylor Bales on Monday night? Yeah, yeah. I would be me. I would be more confident as a UCLA fan going forward than a Gonzaga fan because, like, to see what Gonzaga got dropped. Like, they, 
UCLA, like you lost on a buzzer beater. You you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, it hit a, a one in a million shot. Gonzaga just got outplayed. Yeah. And I, I think UCLA hang your hat on that. Juzang, I can't wait to see what he does at the next level and if he if he decides to go to the, the league. But the, the game was unbelievable. I, I didn't see them scoring over 60, and then all of a sudden they're just going they're neck and neck. That was un, it was unreal. Well, they played different ways too. I mean, the, it was a the, the game against Michigan was just a defensive battle. Um, yeah. But I, I listen. I, I think Mick Cronin, he really he he earned his money in that tournament, and, and I think he's building something in Westwood. And Westwood's a special place when it comes to college basketball, and and you you want to see UCLA be good at basketball. It, it just made just like you know, love or hate Duke, Kentucky, not having them in the tournament is a blow because you want to just good, bad, or different. You want to see them in the tournament. You want to see the UNC's, the UCLA's, the Kentucky's, the Dukes, the Kansas, you want to see all those teams in the tournament. So it's good to see UCLA basketball kind of back. Yeah. 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 Could you hear Bill Walton scream when that shot got in from where you were or no? (laughs) Yeah. It's unbelievable. And I think I saw some way too early power ranking and they had them second next year because apparently they're going to be turning almost every starter besides Juzang. So that's, And then for the that national championship, what were your thoughts on it? Did you? I had I I didn't want to bet on it because I just wanted to enjoy the game. And then as soon as Gonzaga's way down, I'm looking at the FanDuel app, and I got like four to one odds on Gonzaga to come back and win it. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. Had some credit, twenty five dollar credit, house money, trying to win like a hundred. I'm just cheering them on. I'm like, all right, every every three, every Jared Butler through is just piercing me. I'm like. It's over they're back in it it's over they're back in it and then it was over but it was i was cool. 10 minutes i honestly to be honest with you, i was finishing up a workout i i got to the game 10 minutes late and it was nine nothing and i was like wow okay well <laughs> it was anticlimactic for me really from jump i mean you, you saw gonzaga try to make their runs in the first half could have yeah. at halftime but man baylor they were fresh coming in and it showed and they were just they they felt bigger uh, they, they were the more physical team. I mean, gosh, they looked, they almost look like a thir- the 31st NBA franchise, man. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, yeah. they were good. Cause they got Donovan Mitchell's like clone. Who's not related, but has the same number and the same game style. Yeah. yeah. He's not as good as the shooter. I, I love the kid. Um, vital. He was apparently yeah. wanted to be a Baylor for like, since he was like a sophomore, he's like 24. I'm like, oh my God, this kid's going to be in the G League. So I can't wait to see him. And then with Gonzaga, I think Timmy should have shaved. I think he went into it too cocky. I think he should have shaved. Yeah, he was getting, this is a national championship. He was, done, he was doing a lot of that, this type of deal throughout the tournament. You know, yeah. sometimes when you celebrate a lot, like yeah. you got to be able to back it up and be prepared to back it up in the big moments. So, yeah. But I don't know. Baylor was the team, man. They were great. Yeah, and I got one last one last question for you. Uh, who who's the breakout star for the Chargers next year? Maybe people aren't talking about. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, let's see. I, I'm going to go with Drew Tranquil, who I mentioned earlier. Drew Tranquil, um, fourth round linebacker from a couple years ago out of Notre Dame. He was awesome on special teams. He cracked the starting lineup at the end of the year. Had an amazing training camp. I. I thought that he was going to have probably like one of those like 120 tackle seasons hurt himself in week one. Um, He is going to be a really good player. So I, I, I may give you two guys, both linebackers, Kenneth Murray and Drew Tranquil. I think both of those guys could have big years. Kenneth Murray started all 16 games last year. And, you know, there was certain moments where you you could tell he's trying to find his way as a rookie, but the game where they lost big to the Patriots, 
he was all over the field. You, his passion, especially in the second half, the guy does not want to lose. He's a leader. It's infectious. So those two guys, I, I see Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray with Brandon Staley taking over this defense as guys who could be, uh, I don't want to say pro bowlers maybe in, in 2021, but knock it on the door. You know, I think both of those guys are young enough to where if they have big years in 2021, you may see those guys in the Pro Bowl for years to come. Yeah, it's good to keep in mind, but do appreciate you taking the time, Jeff, for a few minutes. I mean, how can people find you on social media, keep up with you, and just kind of keep up with everything going on with the Chargers? Yeah, man, I appreciate it. You can find me on Twitter, Chris Harry, C-H-R-I-S-H-A-Y-R-E. Um, uh, we host our, our Chargers weekly podcast every Thursday. So all things Chargers, um, outside the organization. It's, it's fun. It's, it's fun to get an outside perspective from analysts. And, you know, we'll have guys like Sean Merriman on. Um, it's great. When is the Sean Merriman? Uh, tomorrow. Post, post that tomorrow. He's really yeah. awesome. He's awesome. That's great. Yeah. yeah but yeah, find, find me on Twitter, Instagram, same handle, man. And uh, I appreciate you having me. Absolutely, man. It's been a blast. We appreciate it. Yeah.